Thank you for listening to the Matt's Movie Reviews podcast, available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Stitcher. Also, please follow Matt's Movie Reviews on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, Reddit, Instagram, and MeWe. And of course, be sure to visit mattsmoviereviews.net for the latest reviews, top 10 lists, and more. Now, on to the show. You know, you're the first person I've ever shown this place to. And why am I so special? Because soon, we'll be Christopher and Mary Robin. You should be close now. We're not going to find them. We will. Pooh, Piglet, Eeyore. We were friends for many years, and they're out there. Christopher, we need to leave. Now. I really need to find out what's happened here, okay? Cold. And did you see how it's a pool? We need to go. There's the Laura's there. There's someone else outside. What was that? Please to be. Friends, why are you doing this, please? I would have never left that swear, I Hello and welcome to the Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Perkovich, and this is episode number 502. Releasing February 16 in Australian cinemas is Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, a horror reimagining of the classic children's tale in which Pooh Bear and Piglet have become feral and sadistically violent versions of themselves after they are abandoned and left to die in the 100-acre woods. A blood-splattered cocktail of Alan Alexander Milne, Roger Corman in a Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey is sure to achieve cult status when it hits cinemas next week. And joining me now is the director of Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, Reese Frake Waterfield. Reese, thank you so very much for your time today. Oh, it's all right. Thanks so much. Hello, everyone listening. Uh, yeah, like Matt was saying, I'm uh, Reese Frake Waterfield. I was the the writer, director, and I was producing, amongst other things, on the set. <laughs> but yeah, it's really nice talk, uh, speaking to you all. And amongst everything else, you're a big horror fan. You were a horror fan when you were younger. You're a horror fan now. As a filmmaker, you wanted to do something kind of different. Um, and an opportunity came along when uh, Winnie the Pooh became public domain uh, for you to do something with those characters. But what was it about those characters to you as a filmmaker, an independent filmmaker, that you said to yourself, I can take what is there and I can kind of transform it to something that's more in in my lane of, of filmmaking more and more in my lane of of horror uh fandom and kind of uh maybe do something really cool with these characters 
Yeah, so with these guys, like Winnie Piglet um, and the other characters, I thought there's something really unique in that they're really contrasting because they you just never expect it. Uh, there's loads of other like ideas out there and loads of other like fairy tales and um, characters in the public domain, but they don't have this same. They didn't have the same like spark or this same like X factor element to them as Winnie did with me. Um, everyone I said this idea to uh, when I realised it was possible and said I'm thinking about a Winnie the Pooh horror film they all they all had like big reactions and they all were like what the hell no like mm. how the hell would you do that <laughs> uh, so it made me really excited as well because I was like okay like I think there's there's some really cool stuff you can do here there was two kind of routes I had um, at the start with it one was I was thinking okay do I take these guys and do I keep them small? Um, because that's a lot of people's first instincts with it. It's um, you would kind of imagine them going down a bit of a chucky route. They would stay kind of free foot. They would all have knives. They would all run around and just like cut up people and say funny, quirky things. But for me, especially on like the budget ranges we were, we were on, I thought, okay, that's probably not the best idea because um, one, it'd be super expensive. Uh, they would all probably end up being kind of VFX. You've got like four VFX characters running around. And normally when you do, when you try and do this in a VFX route and the VFX looking good, it becomes extremely expensive. Um, so the result of that would have been that you don't really see him much in the movie. And that's mm. really not what I wanted to, wanted to have. You know, if you go to see a Winnie the Pooh horror film, you want to see loads of Winnie the Pooh. Um, uh, that's something I learned from Halloween Ends. <laughs> I remember watching that and I was like, why is there no Michael Myers? Like, why am I only seeing him like 40 minutes in the film? Yeah. So uh, I have him absolutely littered in this film. When you go and watch it, Honestly, you get to about 30 minutes and he doesn't come off screen. Like he's there before, but as soon as it gets to 30, it's nonstop poo. Um, so the other route or the, the, when I was like, okay, they can't be these small little guys running around stabbing people. Um, I was thinking, what else could I do with them? And I was thinking, okay, I could make them um, kind of just bigger versions of what they are, like a big pig and a big bear. Um, and people were at the start trying to lead me in that direction. They were saying, you know, put him in a big bear, like just have a big bear suit. And then I was like, thinking, no, like I think it would be the same problem. Like I think it would look naff and it would look really rubbish because you would have like a guy in a big bear outfit and it would just look like a, I don't know, like a really cheap werewolf film. So instead I kind of thought, okay, what, uh, what else can I do? Um, and then that's where it led me to this like anthropo, anthrop- I hate this word, anthropomorphic. I think it's I think that's the, the word half hybrids basically yeah crossbreed um, kind thought, of characters right yeah yeah it's like that's where that then that idea popped in my head and I was like okay does that work and I was like it, and it started all connecting I was like yeah it does it's they can be they can be big they can be menacing they can have this kind of Michael Myers vibe to them um, I can give them hands and that was a big thing I was like oh if they've got hands they've got machetes they can hold chains they can have sledgehammers they can start to talk a bit of um um english as as as, like, as well as points so they can like start to understand things and it all started linking together and then i was like that kind of would make sense with the source material as well because they um they were speaking in that and they could like understand um christopher robin i was like well maybe this is why like that they like they are half human um and that kind of it all started connecting together then um and then then i went out and i just tried to see you know let's see how they would look look at the kind of different masks and different options for them um and then like the outfit and the hands and once it all kind of started linking together 
I knew that, you know, this is this is the direction I want to take it. And the other thing about it too is that you, when it comes to the tone of the film as well, you could have gone in a lot of different directions as well. You could have done a full-on comedy horror thing. You could have done like all sorts of things. And it turned out you went really interesting in that, as I said in my introduction, it kind of reminds me of kind of like a blend of like Roger Corman in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It kind of has that in there. On one end, it's a very kind of serious, um, kind of like violent um, I wouldn't say slasher movie, but definitely kind of like a monster in the woods kind of film, um, kind of almost like a, this hillbilly kind of hybrid movies that came out like in the 70s and such. But on the other end, you're, you're not afraid to kind of like poke the bear, so to speak, um, when doing the movie as well, um, which I think where the Roger Corman stuff kind of comes in, because it is very much like a, a labor of an independent production, but an independent production with big ideas and and wanted to really kind of swing for the fences, very much kind of like how Piglet likes to swing around with his big, uh, big, big hammer in the film. Yeah, the the tone was really hard to to settle on because that was another route where people were steering me in loads of different different directions. It's do you like really embrace people being campy in the movie and it coming across like super super B movie? But that's not something I really wanted to do. Like I wanted to make sure that you know all the actors were really imagining that this was a kind of an, a massive bear running after mm. them i didn't want them to play into the um the the ridiculousness of it at points and i wanted the humor to come from the fact that winnie the pooh is in all these crazy situations um so yeah i the tone of the movie at points kind of like it dances in between being just fun and silly and like ridiculous things happening and then being yeah at moment at, there are points where it goes serious uh, where i wanted to have it a bit more some a bit more like story driven elements like the start of the movie uh, there's another movie where we had another part of the film where Pooh gets some flashbacks that goes a bit more serious again um, and then the ending but throughout it it kind of goes more into the the funner side um uh yeah so it's and I'm I'm kind of really happy with how how it's come across now because everyone who watches it they seem to say they they like how it's how it's the the, the general tone of the film. Um, and you're right in terms of like the high concept elements, like that's not something I really want to shy away from. I didn't want to be um, you know thinking okay I can't have these kind of scenes because it would just be crazy expensive. Like, for example, at one point in the film, Pooh is on top of a car and he's like trying to climb onto the on top of the car while people are driving it. And hmm. people were telling me, you can't do it. Like on set, they were just like, oh, it's, it's not possible. We don't really have the money to um, to try and achieve something like that. But, you know, like as long as you're creative and you come up with like, in, like you rely on being innovative, there are ways like to have this come across well. And, you know, we did it in a bit of a poor man's process way. Um, and what that basically means is you've got the vehicle there. It's not actually moving. Mm -hmm. um, and you're just using clever camera angles and like having smoke blow by. And it just kind of gives the appearance on screen. Um, but, and it's, and it, we did it. And then we were like, it's working like, and it worked in the edit and now, and people really like it in the film. So yeah, we tried to really go for high concept um, elements in there and like explosions and bits and not try to be um, held back by the, the budgetary limitations where we could. The Matt's Movie Reviews podcast is brought to you by TeePublic. TeePublic is the world's largest marketplace for independent creators to sell their work on the highest quality merchandise. With over 1.2 million designs, T Public is sure to have something you will love. 
The Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast is brought to you by Amazon. The world's leading online store, Amazon is your first stop to buy a wide range of products at competitive prices with fast delivery times. Amazon is also a world-class entertainment hub that includes Prime Video, Audible, Twitch, Amazon Music, and more. Sign up with Amazon today and experience the best in online shopping and entertainment. Please support Matt's movie reviews on Patreon. Get access to exclusive content, request movie reviews and top 10 lists, and help support my work. Please click on the Patreon link in the description below. Well, what, what you just described as the poor man process way, that's the bread and butter of the horror genre. You talk, look at any horror filmmaker from Sam Raimi to Peter Jackson and then like the stuff that he did with Bad Taste and such. That's the whole kind of point, I think, a lot of times of horror filmmaking in that I think that horror especially is a platform for a lot of kind of experimentation and doing things, with, especially with practical effects. Um, speaking of working with a, a cast and crew, is it true that when you were approaching people to be a part of this movie, that some people were a little bit too precious with their CVs and didn't really kind of want to come near what you had had in mind in regards to uh, Winnie the Pooh in, in this horror imagining? Because, you know, there's a thing going on in horror these days, what has been for the last five years. There's a term called elevated horror, which I just fucking hate. I can't stand that term. Yeah, I hate because it. to me, to me, horror is horror. And when someone says elevated horror, yeah. they're trying to take the horror genre and, and say, it's almost kind of like uh, watching a Kardashian wearing a Slayer T-shirt, you know. It just doesn't work sometimes. Um, and they didn't want to like they they want to be part of the elevator horror film, but they didn't want to be part of a horror horror movie. Um, is it true that you had that kind of pushback towards you? And if so, how do you go about kind of like sticking to your guns and making sure that this is the vision that I had, and um, you're either with me on this, or I'm just going to move on to someone else? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Like I'm, I like I love all horror. Um, yeah. But there is a trend lately that there is so much kind of like grounded horror and what people refer to as elevated horror. Um, and I'm sure your listeners know, but that's, you you know, more like um, plots which have a really dramatic undertone. Um, and for me, there is still space and I want to see more of just general fun horror. Mm. Like there, there's like Terrifier 2. Amazing. I loved yeah. it. It was like it it felt really refreshing to me when I saw it at Fright Fest because I was like, this is what I want to see. Like there's so, all the other stuff which comes out in the cinema. Um, it was, it just goes down that elevated horror route. Um, but it doesn't have to, like you can just have horror just to go in there and it's just fun. And it, you've got, yeah, like art, the clown run after people slashing people up. And it's like, this is like, that really excited me. Um, and that's kind of the tone I wanted to go with this as well is like, I, I, wanted to just do really fun and like gory elements in the film too uh and yeah we i did get a lot of pushback when i was trying to cast and crew this it was really difficult um people are precious about their cv you they all are very happy to jump onto like a, an elevated horror kind of concept because it sounds more dramatic in a way and it sounds more like classy for yeah. like a better word where, yeah and, and classy shouldn't belong <laughs> Should, yeah. classy shouldn't belong a horror. a horror film can be well made a horror film can be can be either be slick in a sort of way but classy i don't know whether that can that can fit fit within the genre itself i'm not sure yeah. about that <laughs> so um but yeah a lot of people they want to have a very kind of classy cv where i don't know it's um it's concepts which are about uh, like a psychological horrors and all of this um and then when i'm proposing to people do you want to be in a, a winnie the pooh horror 
they're like it sounds mental and mm. i like i mean it's, it does sound mental um but people kind of are resistant to that because they're like they don't really even want that on their cv um and they they kind of were saying to me you know they don't think it will do well it's too silly it's too daft um but i kind of really believed in it um and i know normally when we produce because uh, i was producing this as well i have a it's a bit like a rep company and that we have like a pool of people who we like to bring back and we like to use and make it a bit like a family um and all of those regulars they just they didn't want to um come into this one so i had to broaden my horizons a bit more um, and like find some other actors and crew who would actually come in and get involved here um and yeah that's that's what i did and then i got a load of people who were happy to um to come in with this like they saw the potential with it um and this, likewise with the crew as well uh, got people involved who kind of really wanted to be involved and honestly we had like it's the most fun i've ever had on a set we're, we're, when we were doing winnie the pooh because it, it is ridiculous and we were all kind of behind the camera like we were taking it all serious but at points we would all just be laughing because it's Winnie the Pooh and there's elements, there's part, there's like moments in the movie where I've got him just eating loads of honey. Um, and it's just like those, those funner and those sillier scenes were just, we were all just having such a good time with it. So yeah, I did have challenges and I did have um, difficulties to kind of overcome, but I really believed in the kind of idea. Um, and then once I found people who did as well, we yeah just went running with it and now, yeah, I'm really happy with what it is. I know that the trailer and the news of, of Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey went viral. It was really big news. Everyone was talking about it. Um, I'm curious, though, that when the viral part of the component comes down and it's time to screen your movie for the first time, and you did have a, a run in Mexico recently, it did really well over there um, in a box, at, at the box office. Um, the Mexican fans really loved it. It's going to come out next week here in Australia New Zealand, I think globally as well, some other places as well. Um, what has been your experience like being in the cinema and having people watch the movie as a whole? What type of reactions did you get to the film? Was there any kind of surprises whatsoever? Because you mentioned before Terrifier 2. I think movies like Winnie the Pooh, like Terrifier 2 and so many others, the reason I think a, a lot of times those movies do really well is because the communal experiences, and I think horror as a genre is like that, and I think Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey has the potential to be that as well. Yeah, that's what I'm really hoping for because when you see this in a in a theater with with like with a load of your friends and a load of other people, um, I want you to laugh. Like I want you to have fun. Like there are there are quite a lot of moments in the film where you are actually meant to laugh at it. Like you're just meant to have a good time and be entertained. Um, and that yeah, that gets amplified when you're in a bit of a communal space watching it. So it's it was really nice for me seeing it there it was i'll be honest it was also a bit nerve-wracking and a bit scary especially because like mexico was the first time and this has obviously blown up to a scale far beyond what i initially expected mm -hmm. um, and i've spent so much time behind it and my budgets and resources are a lot more limited compared to what people are going to compare it to because that's one of the that's everyone does this when they go to the cinema all films are treated at the same uh, relative comparison like they rate things amongst each other so at the same time this is in the cinema in mexico avatars in the cinema like mm. megan's in the cinema and honestly they are, it's not a it's not a secret they have way more money <laughs> going into their productions than i had <laughs> so like that's what makes it nerve-wracking because you're like 
you guys you're going to expect like a complete blockbuster or hollywood level production um and you're going to go in and we didn't have that those resources there um and that sometimes in films that does create especially on the like on these lower budget ones there's there's elements which can be just a little bit ropey um but you've just got to like be able to just look past that because if you can it's like you can just have so much fun with it um and that's what we were seeing in mexico people were able to just look into the fun side of it sit there and people were laughing enjoying it and it was really nice for me afterwards because on um you know on my instagram i was getting messages afterwards from so many people saying it's one of the their favorite films they've seen recently they love horror and they loved the um the fact that it was just yeah it, it didn't take itself too seriously like there was a general story over it but um i'm not just trying to shove that down people's throats without showing them horror like i want to show a lot of action well for everyone yes of course <laughs> <laughs> everyone out there listening they can get in on that action february 16 in australian cinemas we need a poo blood and honey i really recommend people go out and check out this film in the cinema take your friends with you watch it enjoy it embrace it for what it is um and also just remember as well like you know i gotta say Reese, there's some really cool craft here as well i gotta say the photography is really nice so how 100 acre wood look great the animation sections as well um I, I thought that and also the practical effects i think you did a really really good job here. you took something that no one ever thought would be able to be done with winnie the pooh and you, you made it your own and kudos to you for that and congratulations to the film and best of luck with the film's release as well oh thanks so much thanks matthew